Hey everybody, what's going on? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. Are you going to be at World Cup? I'm going to be at World Cup. And not only will I be playing, but I will have a Playing On Podcast booth in the vendor area at World Cup. I'll be doing live podcasts from there. Um, I'll, I'll be hanging out in the morning. I have afternoon session, so everything I'll have to uh, I'll be doing from 8 until probably about 11.30. Um at my booth, but make sure you check it out. I have uh, I have some some banners up there to to let everybody know where I'm going to be at uh, as far as the booth goes. So just keep an eye out and uh, come over, say hi, say hello. I'll be doing all kinds of stuff from there. So make sure you make sure you keep an eye out. But uh, before we get into the podcast, a big thank you to our sponsors, Doctor Paintball, who has been uh, supporting this podcast for a while now, and it's it's been really cool. I mean, it's just it's it's a store and a field out of uh, San Diego, California, and they are doing everything to help out the paintball community, um, not only with the tournament players, but also with the with the rec ball players. And you know, if you go to their website, drpaintball.com, you can uh, you can finance all kinds of paintball equipment from the newest, hottest stuff out there, from uh, planet markers to die markers to uh to use gear so it's it's very very cool make sure you go over there over there and check it out drpaintball.com a uh, another big thank you goes to gi sports who provides myself and aftershock with some very slick gear we one thing that i've actually been growing to love is uh is the lvl loader um, at first, honestly, I was a little sketchy at first. I mean, any, any lo- new loader throughout the years for me, any new loader that comes out, uh, you know, it always has bugs and all this stuff. And honestly, I've, I've, I got handed one of these LVL loaders and this thing is pretty slick. It, I mean, I, I've, like I said, I've, I've shot a lot of loaders throughout my time and, uh, and you know, the way this thing's comes apart, the way it operates, how easily maintained it is. Uh, it's reliability. It is very, very cool. So make sure you go over and check out uh, at gisports.com the LVL loader, along with all kinds of pants, jerseys, and uh, and paint as well. So uh, thank you to GI Sports. Uh, we are also brought to you by Charm City Paintball, who have an array of different fabrics and uh, designs and all kinds of headbands, headgear. And and uh, also, oh, he's going to be at World Cup, too. So he's going to have a booth down at World Cup. He's going to have all kinds of head wraps and headbands and and uh, all kinds of everything down there. So make sure you keep an eye out for Charm City Paintball down at uh, down at World Cup. And uh, last but not least, we are brought to you by Planet Eclipse. And you all know what I shoot from Planet Eclipse. <laughs> the, the LVR, the uh, the Tiger Stripe LVR that uh, that has been nothing but just shooting so smooth for me um i had a couple people last weekend at practice uh shoot it and then after they came up they were like dude this gun shoots so nice so nice i was like i know i know half of what i'm doing out on the field is not me it's the gun so um no but planet planet has uh, been very supportive over the years and and uh you know not only do they make you know some of the most amazing markers on the planet but uh they're really down to earth very cool people too and then they want to grow, grow the sport so uh thank you so much to planet eclipse and uh and that's it that's the ads that is the ads we're done so if you fast forwarded this is where we are now but uh core field from the naughty dogs and then now from well this is how i knew him was from the naughty dogs and now seattle thunder and keeping it alive, man. They, these these guys, you know, they have they have a good mix of of old and new. And Corey does a great job, I feel, of uh, of that, you know, containing that mix of keeping the new guys in check and and teaching them the ways. And um, you know, Corey's such a nice guy, man. He's I. It's hard to imagine him getting mad at something that went wrong. I feel like he's like, well, it happens. Learn from it. Let's go. It's um, it's very cool and. He, I, I completely forgot that he had a twin brother, and 
it, it, it was just very cool to, to hear kind of his story and how paintball in the Pacific Northwest kind of how it's, how it's growing. And he, he was telling me too, that it's growing right now. And how, you know, that Seattle thunder is really helping out in the community and you guys will have to listen to it. It's, it was a very cool conversation, but, um, but thank you so much to Corey. And, um, without further ado, here it is. Hope you guys enjoy. Dude, I had to, I had a, a job that was two and a half hours away today, and it was just everything. Every other thing was just kind of like two steps back, and just trying to, trying not to rush, but trying to go as fast as possible without like setting me too far behind. And I, I just made it. Like we probably could have did it at five, but I wouldn't have been able to shower. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta look good. Hmm. Yeah, we're in the process too of like moving, moving our shop in Toledo. We're moving like ten minutes down the road into a little bit nicer neighborhood and better building. So it's gonna be nice. It's good. Yeah. Hopefully nothing gets robbed. <laughs> well, the thing is, like the place we're we're at now is a really high uh, crime rate, and there's always fires, shootings. Uh, last like last month, there was some girl, some lady. Um, sitting on the corner, mooning all the cars going by, and it's never really a dull moment. But it's better that we're moving for sure. Oof. No yeah. thanks. I'll stick to Oregon. <laughs> so, you, so you're in Oregon. You're not in Seattle. No, I'm the only guy in Oregon. All the rest of the guys are in Seattle. Now, was the original Naughty Dogs all from Oregon? Except for the ones that are out of town, like Colt Roberts and Hector Cardonia. We are all oh, Oregonians, right. yeah. So let's, just like all the other ones, you know, my main thing with these podcasts is like knowing how this whole thing came about with these players, right? How, how did you get to the spot you are now? And I want to go back to uh, little baby Corey and hey. how you discovered paintball. And, you know, hopefully it wasn't a birthday party. I'm trying to figure out different ways that uh, you discovered paintball i didn't discover paintball at the birthday party my brother did and then at a birthday party though yeah and i <laughs> i was too afraid to go play i stuck to uh baseball and soccer in high school yeah but uh i was on the computer one night doing homework and my brother needed the computer and i told him to get bent and he shot me with a paintball gun and what? in the house he was on Yep, and we played paintball in the house that night, and I was hooked ever since. My mom didn't like it because we repainted the house. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot your I forgot your brother played. Yeah, I mean played, did, he played on your yeah. team on the Naughty Dogs, right? Yeah, we played on Exile together, and then the Naughty Dogs together, and then he branched off and played for the Ironmen for a couple of years, and then yeah, left after that, I think. So did um, let, let's let's. Let's go back to when your bro- you and your brother were you know playing paintball in the house, whatever. When did it turn into something serious for you? Like obviously you got hooked to it and want and wanted to start playing it, but when did it be cart be cart uh, start to become something that you really wanted to start to uh, you know put your time and effort towards? Um, after that night, if my brother can play it, I always thought I could do better than him. So anytime <laughs> he did sports, if we like it was. You know, because we're identical twins, right? So, oh, really? If one guy, if one guy plays something, the other guy thinks he can do it better. So he's automatically going to go right into it and try and do it better. Mm-hmm. At least that's our mentality. So when he played soccer, I started playing soccer. When he played football, I tried to play football. It's, it's one of those things. When he was playing paintball, I'm like, I can do it, and I can do it better. And besides, you can put paint on your brother legally. Come on, that's <laughs> the way to do it. Yeah. So which one is uh, which one's the older brother by? seconds or minutes you got to ask that question don't you uh he's seven minutes older uh, so i'm the younger one <laughs> <laughs> so w- what's it like growing up with a somebody who is looks like you same height size facial expression i mean i guess what is different about you guys that you that you notice like growing up 
Uh, well, everybody says his nose is bigger, so that's a, that's a difference. <laughs> uh, Casey is more of the uh, political side. He actually thinks before he speaks, and mm-hmm. I'm the opposite. I say before I should think. Uh, maybe that's why Casey is a police officer and I'm not. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, there's a, there was always competitiveness between us, and, and we always liked – we actually got along really well. Believe it or not, so we played we played sports together on the same team. Like mm-hmm. We we played Legion baseball, played paintball together. We worked a lot of the same jobs together, just because we could work nonstop together and it was fine. Yeah. Now, is there it, were those arguments sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it true that you guys kind of have that uh, that twin in, intuition kind of a thing where you kind of know what each other's gonna do or say or think or anything like that? Uh, I mean, we're not psychic to each other, but you know, when it comes to paintball, I always knew what he wanted to do when he was in front of me. Yeah. And it's just like work. I always knew what he was thinking just cause we have kind of the same mentality. Right. I would say, I don't think it was more psychic. It was just, you know, we're the same people almost except for the outside features. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Do you have any more, si- any other siblings? Uh, I do have a sister who lives in uh, New Orleans. She works, she's pretty high up in Chevron. Really? Believe it or not. Yeah. She loves it there. So she moved like a year after Katrina mm-hmm. happened there. So she loves it. I think she's in, right now, she's in Africa right now doing oh, wow. her thing with the Chevron. So she's having fun, living life. Jeez. Can't complain. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, do, have you always grown up in, uh, in Oregon? Uh, I was, I think... Four years, we lived in Guam. Uh, my dad was uh, in the Navy, so we lived over there for a little bit. And then I've been born here, and then we moved right back after after the four years in Guam. So I've yeah. been here since since four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> what part of uh, what part of Oregon are you from? Uh, I was born in Coquille, which is on the coast. So it's about two hours south of where I live now, which is basically Eugene, Oregon. So is that it's where fun. the the field? The is the field pretty close? The field is in Harrisburg, Oregon, so it's it's twenty minutes north of Eugene and about four hours south of Seattle, Washington. <laughs> so I remember I remember when I lived in Seattle, um I just just the scenery alone was like it just blew my mind what it was. It it wasn't too hot. Obviously it there was rain, but it obviously there wasn't as much as I thought there was gonna be. And just being able to have the ocean right there and then the sound, like Puget Sound was right there. And um, I think it's Mount Rainier that's right over there. It's just, it, it was beautiful. Yeah, Oregon, you know, a lot of people hate this place because of the rain. But we're not even in the top 15 northwest-wise for rainfall in, in the U.S. So yeah, it pours here sometimes, but it also makes it beautiful here, you know. Sometimes I hate living here, but then I'll travel somewhere like Chicago, Florida, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I, I'm like, I can't wait to go back. It's yeah. weird. I just talked to, um, I just talked to J-Rab last week and I uh, did a podcast with him and he lives down in Florida and he talks about like just walking outside and just sweating. I mean, we've been to World Cup how many times and you know, it's, you just, you walk outside, you think about walking outside and you start sweating. That's 100% true. And then the wall of rain that comes at you. So you have a wall of rain in Florida that drenches you, and then two minutes later, you're dry and sweating. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you you not like about Oregon? Uh, Man, that's a good question. Uh, The speed limit's slow here. Really? (laughs) Yeah. We only can go to 65 miles an hour on the freeway. Oh, jeez. It's like 80 in California. I think our highest (laughs) over here is 70, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the rain does suck here. And it also gets really muddy. So, you know, yeah. it's not it's not if you don't have a four wheel drive vehicle, Oregon kinda sucks, especially in the snow. Like we've been getting a lot of snow here these last couple of years, so Yeah. It's rough sometimes. Let's um let's go back to uh when your brother and, and, and you were playing paintball. When did uh did your brother find a team first and then did you hop on, or did you guys both kind of simultaneously find a uh, a, a team to play for? Uh, my brother kind of made his own team, and um, 
I wasn't really good friends with any of his friends, so I went to the local indoor paintball field, mm-hmm. which was Paintball Palace, which I think is still in business. And I played for a team, Kurt Williams, who used to play for the Turtles way, way back in the day. He had a team outrage, and so I just started playing woods ball with them, just kind of goofing off on the weekends and yeah. sh- shooting my nice PMP Super Cocker that I bought for $900 back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of went from there. Kurt... Kurt guested with the Naughty Dogs a little bit. That's how I met Rocky, and um, you know it was just it was just kind of fun, but comp- competitive at the time. Way back mm-hmm. when it was, I think it was '96. Yeah, '96 is when I started playing. So, jeez. Yeah, now, we're old, Carl. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the I'm in the 2000. Let's see, I, I I discovered paintball. I think in the the end of 2001, beginning of the 2002 season is when I kind of discovered paintball and then I was just like right to tournaments and competitiveness and doing all that shit. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not 96 old yet. (laughs) I'm getting there. I'm definitely feeling it. Um, what did, uh, so how did the naughty dogs thing come about? I mean, was it, did you guys go from, uh, you know, from Casey having his own team to write to the naughty dogs and, 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 you know, playing with Rocky or was it, a couple more teams before the Naughty Dogs, and how did that come about? Um, I, I mean, when my brother started his own team, they kind of fell apart. I think 1997, end of 97, we decided to make our own team, local teams called the Carnival Clowns. Yeah. We were all clowns. <laughs> um, and we just we played a lot of local events. We traveled to Washington, Utah, for like the Great Western Series and stuff like that back in the day. Mm-hmm. And we just... Uh, we just played paintball. Every chance we get, we got to play paintball. Um, there wasn't a lot of competition because Outrage played woods balls. And when it came to playing the Great Western Series, there was a lot of open instead of woods balls. So yeah, um, that's when I think when the interchange started to do like hyperball. A lot of people started, a lot of tournaments started interchanging the hyperball tubing and stuff like that into some tournaments. Yeah. And Albany Outdoor Paintball, which is where Rocky had his team, the Naughty Dogs, uh, was like an hour away from us and of course we're you know 14 years old 15 years old we have no car mom's not gonna take us up there so we <laughs> actually we actually took the greyhound bus up to practice all the time and then walked from the greyhound <laughs> really to yep to the practice when when we could and of course it was the naughty dogs they were the best team in oregon at that time so we wanted to play where the best competition was yeah and we played there multiple years and then um there was a team exile from Canada that uh, uh, they were down practicing the Naughty Dogs one time and saw me and my brother and they asked us to try out for them. So we drove up to basically Canada and tried out for them in 2000, 2001. Yeah, 2001. And uh, played for exile. That's how we met Rocky because we always practiced against him. We were on exile basically. Oh, gotcha. But before that, we didn't really like Rocky because he was angry <laughs> and he shot – he shot us a lot. Oh yeah. I I, I went to school yellow because I was ultra evil days. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I didn't. I, I looked like I had jaundice. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get it off because it was iodine. It was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and and Rocky was kind of he was kind of known for that, wasn't he? He was uh, kind of known for the shooting people a lot and being this kind of. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't want to say like mean, overbearing guy, but just a very prominent figure. That people were yeah, afraid of. Yeah, I mean, of. he was. Yeah, a lot of people were afraid of him. But yeah. <laughs> after the the outer shell of angry Filipino slash Hawaiian, he's actually a pretty good guy. <laughs> but yeah, he shot us a lot. But I mean, you know, when you go and try and play people that are better, and you make one of those good moves, and you angry him or anybody, they're gonna shoot you a couple more times just to think about it, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> so you guys practicing him? Uh, you're playing for the Canadian team. Uh, you're practicing against the the Naughty Dogs and, and Rocky and everybody. Uh, was there like a tournament that came around where they were needing guys? Or did you guys have a practice where you two kind of stood out? Or was it just one of you and one of you made the made the jump? Or um, Actually, we both uh, played on Exile till, till the end of 2002. And uh-huh. right before World Cup 2002, the Naughty Dogs silver team which is the, was the amateur B team at the time because they were still doing amateur A and amateur B at that time. Yeah. Um, 
the amateur B team wanted to play paintball, and I actually started not to get along with the captain of Exile. His name was Garland, mm-hmm. and that was literally right after we won Exile in Atlanta, or we we won Chicago and Atlantic City ten man on Exile. Really? And then we kind of just didn't get along, so I was like, I'm leaving. My brother's like, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so. We let, I left and played for Naughty Dog Silver at World Cup while he played with Exile, and we ended up we ended up beating Joy Division, but that was the only game we won. Yeah. For Naughty Dog Silver and Casey ended up taking, I think they took fourth that tournament. But after that, uh, Rocky, we were at practice and Rocky asked both my brother and I to play for him at the amateur A level. They had just won the amateur A division uh, for that year. And they were going to play one more year before they went pro. And he needed younger guys than what he had. So we started practicing with him and we got a starting spot. Now, was this one uh, like, was Tyler McCluskey and Map and everybody on the team at this time? Map, <laughs> funny story. Map left Exile first. Map was on Exile. Oh, really? Yep, for, uh, for from 2000 to 2001. And then he left. He left and played for the Naughty Dogs at uh, the season starting 2001 to 2002, whenever the Naughty Dogs basically went away. Right. But, uh, yeah, he left first, and then... Man, that's a long time ago, bro. God damn. <laughs> I know. Coming at you with the hard questions. <laughs> uh, McCluskey actually played on, played on Exile with us, Chicago on. So he played when we won Chicago. Actually, we took second Atlantic City. So that's my mm-hmm. fault. We didn't win Atlantic City. We took second. And he played Atlantic City, and then we kind of all just left at the same time. So the the Naughty Dogs that whenever whenever I think of the Naughty Dogs and that roster, I mean, you guys had already pretty much knew each other in one way or another. Uh, the guys who were on that team, anyway. Uh, you know, the two thousand four, five, six team. In, in one way or another, you guys had played with each other or, or eventually found your way onto Naughty Dogs. Yeah, I mean, we played – the most of the core guys knew each other, played with each other for years. Mm-hmm. And then you had those those extra special guys that were really good that could travel and then just come to a couple practices and play with us, like Colt, Eric Hunter, Hector Cardonia. Uh, and then you had, like, Brian Ravenel, who – ended up going to the Ironman. Mike Foss ended up going to the Ironman. So, yeah. Yeah, I almost uh, came and played for you guys. Well, almost came and tried out for you guys. I had, um, I talked, well, actually, before we get into that, what, how did, uh, how was BW a part of the team? Like, what, was he a manager? Was he a, a, a coach? Well, BW... BW's always worked in the paintball industry as a paint. Um, the guy that just he works he worked for Draxis when I met him mm-hmm. way back in the day. And him and Rocky I don't know how him and Rocky met. I just you know, I showed up to a couple Roxas with Exile and I could see him hanging out. Mm-hmm. So I assumed that they met when, you know, obviously Rocky was sponsored by Draxis and they had to coexist with each other. But ended right. up uh, he wasn't really a coach or a manager. He just was one of those guys that was basically family to us. He hung out with us, um, got us paint whenever we needed it. He was always working the the paint trucks, so yeah. we always had somewhere to sleep during hour long games in between. <laughs> yeah, so we slept under the paint truck, and yeah, um, I don't think he really had a a manager coach role with the Naughty Dogs. Uh, he just was just one of those guys that just we hung out and uh, had fun together for many many years. I don't know how I got directed to him though because I knew I was getting I was moving to Seattle and I was looking for a, a paintball team to play for but I was like screw it I'm going to go I'm going to try out for a pro team and I don't know how I got directed his way I don't know if I can't believe Rocky would send me his way I would, I would want to talk to Rocky but I mean I don't know I don't know how it came about but um but yeah I remember I almost it was it was that same event it was Las Vegas in 2004 and uh, I talked to him about it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm moving to Seattle, this and that." And then the whole excessive thing 
happened and I can't imagine I can't imagine like what would have happened if I would have moved out and played with you guys like only I'm I obviously would have got better I mean it's not like you guys were a bad team at all I think you guys one thing about Naughty Dogs I always think of it was it was either one or the other I feel like you guys would either play really well and beat whoever was on the other side of the field didn't matter I saw you guys win games against Dynasty, against whoever was on the other side of the field. And then other games I saw, it was like, it's kind of, it almost has that feeling of the of, of how almost Seattle Thunder is and kind of how the aftershock of today is. Like, we can go out there and if everybody's on the same page, we will beat anybody. It'll, it'll just happen. But I feel like if one or two guys are off, like the whole team just kind of, you know, can't find their ground. At that point, I feel like that's how the Naughty Dogs were back then. But you, but it's still you guys are still so prominent in the game. Like, how how do you feel about the uh, not, or what do you think about the Naughty Dogs of uh, of back of the day? I mean, when we went pro, we started off pretty well. I mean, we'd always lose the dynasty in the finals, so it was always taking second or third. Um, but we were more like a defensive team, mm-hmm. and sometimes those field layouts would work well. And sometimes they would not work well for a defensive team because we had, you know, like my brother and Tyler. Those are the only two quick people on the team. All the rest of them were you know, like me, Rocky, Raymond, Trevor. All, you know, we're not fast. You know, we shoot yeah. our guns and we move slowly. And some of those field layouts, you know, right off the break, they're past the 50 on our side, you know, on our side. Mm-hmm. And those are the games we would lose because we weren't that aggressive team that was in your face, time to go get you, <laughs> fuck yeah. it, kind of thing. Um, and that, you know, like I said, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't for professional paintball. I mean, tit and miss on these field layouts. And back then, you know, you had eight fields you had to walk. Yeah. <laughs> by the seventh, by the seventh field, you're like, screw it, this field looks good. We're only playing in, you know, back then we were playing novice teams and amateur teams. Mm-hmm. So we're like, ah, oh, we're just playing this team. Well, we don't need to walk it, and then it ends up we only win by like two bodies. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even walk it. <laughs> yep, yep. So, um, you know, it's just another thing is is Rocky never really liked going to practice. You know, other pro teams, we practiced ourselves. We did a lot of drills, and I think that was a deciding factor too because sometimes we would practice teams, but we weren't like Texas Storm or Dynasty, yeah. or Ironman, you know, constantly traveling and practicing these teams to see what pro teams were doing. So what I want to bring up, and what I've always thought about too, was about pro teams, pro professional paintball teams, how everybody says, well, you got to play more pro teams, you got to play other pro teams, you got to play other pro teams. I, I, I mean, is it that? Because it's not like, uh, hockey teams or professional football teams or anybody else go out and practice, you know, other professional teams. Like they're just, they're doing what they need to do drills or, or whatever within their own camp. Like, do you, do you really need to go out and have a different look from a pro team because you have players on your team that should be at that same level? Do you know what I mean? No, I agree. Yeah. I understand what you mean. I mean, do you, do you think that is a, a big factor I think for a team like me, yes, because my team and some of the lower level teams, like, you know, I hear like Revel doesn't practice pro teams at all. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think we as teams are struggling is A, probably money, and B, yeah. we are in regions to grow paintball. You know, I, that that's my whole goal for Seattle Thunder is to grow divisional players into professional paintball players right and yes we could do drills all we want and and get all the you know get the small things hashed out but unless unless we go as a team with those kids and practice other pro teams i don't think they're going to understand how quick professional paintball is you know it's just like a college athlete going from being a you know a, a safety in college football and then trying to play his first his first game in pro football. It's mm-hmm. way quicker, totally different. And I think I think for somebody like my team, it, it you have to go practice other pro teams at least a couple times a year just so to gain everybody that experience. is on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Or else they're never gonna know. They're just gonna know 
another thing is, is, you know, for instance, like when we're doing two on twos and everything like that here, you know, here in this rainy weather, I know what Map's going to do. He's going to come out left. He's going to come out right and come over the top. Right. Cause that's, <laughs> that's just how I know him. Right. Right. And those practices aren't that beneficial when you're practicing each other for so long because you know everybody's tendencies mm-hmm. oh he's right-handed he's always going to come right-handed you know when you're practicing something like dynasty and say like ryan greenspan or even you guys where especially you, you we don't have no idea where where you're going to go on the field sometimes you're on the Dorito side sometimes you're on the snake side sometimes you're running through the wall it you know you want to play those unpredictable people just to get your wits about you in my opinion yeah i mean can you make is do you think there would be a way to kind of uh portray that at a practice when we when you know like like us like i do a lot of a lot of the stuff that i do i i try and put myself in a situation that i might be in at a tournament right because i know i might not be able to get not that not that there's nothing against my guys but a lot of them don't have the experience like you know the other pro teams do and the other the other pro players so I try and put myself in those different situations of where my back's against the wall, but I put myself there, but it's because I know I could possibly be there in the tournament um, or, or go into a spot that I might not be able to make at the tournament or I, or I might be able to make. I kind of play it off in different scenarios in my head. Um, do you think that there's a way within drills or just outright playing or telling a player what to do to, to – um, copy a team's play i guess it's it's so hard because you just you're always playing yourselves it's we have the same problem i don't know i'm trying to find the answer to it i just i really don't know what it is uh i know um since mikey lou you know because when i first started seattle thunder it was me coaching and playing uh-huh. and that definitely doesn't work so when i brought mikey lou on to just coach he was actually pretty really good at doing that so we do two on two drills half field and he would make us get into, like, if I was a back guy, I was the guy playing front. Yeah. Because I was in a non-comfortable situation trying to gun battle from a different spot than I'm normally used to. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get better as a professional paintball player. Is you always want to be uncomfortable because the more uncomfortable you are at practice, the more comfortable you're going to be at a tournament, in my opinion. So there, there are yeah. ways, but, you know, it comes down to sometimes wanting to play other people besides yourselves and lumping other people too <laughs> yeah 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 I, I wonder i wonder what that's like with with uh you know prof- other professions of you know of the, the hockeys and the footballs and everything is like do does practice ever get boring because they're only playing themselves you know or yeah. is it just a different completely different level that we can't really fathom because it's hockey or football or baseball and you know in my opinion, that what what makes paintball so a little bit different than those sports is basketball is two hoops going down the field, you know, going down the court, excuse me, and playing defense, offense, running zone defenses. Mm-hmm. Same with football, you have an end zone, all that stuff. You watch play with with paintball, it's a different field layout every time, right? And you know, everybody you don't has have the ball. Those, yeah, and yeah. Sometimes the back guy can go right up to the W. Sometimes the back guy can't move at all. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's no back bunker, which I hate, by the way, because I don't have to run. <laughs> but you know, paintball is a different dynamic sports where you could play every different position on the field in one point. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, in football you don't do that. In basketball you kind of do that. Uh, hockey, you know, it's just an ice rink and you're going back and forth. And you have to have a lot of cardio mm-hmm. and know how to skate, which I don't. But, you know, paintball is just a, a little bit. I think that's why I keep playing it is it's so dynamic mm-hmm. that any given, any given day is something totally different. You see something totally different every day at practice, at tournaments, and it's, it's just different. It, I don't know how to explain it. It's just a little bit different than all the other sports I've played. Yeah. Have you ever – have you ever – made the decision to just or did you make the decision just to play back or did you ever have the urge to play as a front player when you first got on uh started playing tournament paintball when i was with exile i was the front 50 guy i was the guy that went up the middle bunker two people and then left because it was 10 man right yeah and same thing with when i was when we first started the naughty dogs 
uh, I was kind of the mid insert. I'd run halfway up the field, and my brother would run all the way up the field, and then would kind of clean up in front of Raymond, Rocky, Shane Wisner, and Brian Megson, who was the back guys. But then when we slowly started progressing in the seven man, and I started getting a little bigger round wise, I had to, <laughs> I had to start playing in the back. And in my opinion, as a as a back guy. If you can transition from a front guy to the to the back guy in professional paintball, then you you can pretty much do anything on the field. Like you know, I'm I wasn't how do I explain this? I mean, I wasn't you, you I wasn't know. one of those guys. I wasn't one of those guys that you know was able to read a field at first. So uh-huh. the front thing was just what I was able to do, right? Here, go over here, kill this guy, and that's it. Yeah. But as a back guy, you have to m- more think instead of a front guy. I think that's why you play back sometimes and then play front, right? Because you actually mm-hmm. are a thinker on the team. But there are some of those players that play professional paintball because they can't think. All they do is kill. Yeah. <laughs> so I was able to transition to the back, not because I wanted to, but I feel like that's where I need to be on the field to help my team succeed. So it was a personal decision to kind of move back and start taking your time a little bit and, and, and reading the field a little bit more. Yeah. You know, Rocky wanted me to play back because Mm -hmm. that he basically said, he goes, if you can't play back, then you can sit and play front when your time comes, or you can play back and play all the time. So I was like, well, that's a given. I'll play back, play every point if I have to. And you know, if I have to go stab somebody, I'll stab somebody. Yeah. So do you think that's why? Cause I always tell people like whenever they ask me, about who like who has one of the better shots in the game i've always mentioned your name i I think you have one of the best shots i've i've seen you seem to pull off two one ones and one on ones and is that something that you um really with with not playing other pro teams and just you know the the teams that you did play against is that something that you kind of drilled into your head and like snap shooting and and your shot is that something that you worked on a lot I think what helped me is um, when I first started playing paintball, it was in the woods, right? Mm-hmm. So you're shooting through these little holes that you have to be accurate in shooting because you have these little cracks you can shoot somebody through. So I think it has progressed me to be a better shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what has helped me in those one-on-twos and one-on-three situations is I had an uncle who was, a, who was an Army Ranger. Yeah. He came and watched one of my practices at a young age when I was just starting professional paintball and he watched me play, I think three points and he looked at me and says, what in the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Cause I was just everywhere. I was freaking out, you know, running around, not knowing what to do because yeah. you know, there's four of them and it's just me. He's like, bro, first of all, you need to calm the fuck down <laughs> because he, he, he mentioned paintball kind of like the military even though it's not he says when i go and kick in the door of a house i have no idea what i'm doing i go my goal is to shoot the first person i see mm-hmm. you need and i'm calm the whole time i was like okay what does that got to do with me he goes well if you shoot the first person that's closest to you it's going to be better not to get shot in the side of the fucking head <laughs> yeah i was like okay but still how is this how is this portraying to paintball and what you do? And he's, and he's just basically like, if, you, if you're just not going to stay calm and freak out, you are no good to anybody mm-hmm. at all. Because, you know, you might get one or two kills, but you're not going to kill them all. I, I think that's why I'm so calm now is because it doesn't matter if it's one on four, one on five. You know, I feel like I can win those, even though I might win 20% of them. Yeah. But, you know, I'm always you know, doing laning drills, one shot drills. Mikey's always putting me in one on two situations. If it's in the snake, the W, you know, um, my job is to, to clean house. when My front guys go and kill two or three people or four people. Right. You know, I feel, I feel like if I don't win those one on twos, I'm not doing my job. Mm -hmm. That's, that's how I feel. But at a young age, I, all I did was shoot through little holes in the woods or go to indoor and shoot all the kids that are hiding in those little crevices. <laughs> so I feel like my shot has been better because of how I grew up playing indoor and playing in the woods and stuff like that. So, yeah. 
it might be a little bit better than most, but there are some people like Virnikov that have that fucking just shot galore, you know, yeah. jumping over a can and shooting you once is just, I can't do that. I, <laughs> yeah, that's silly. Yeah. that's But that's or funny. Even you. <laughs> I've, I've had my occasional good shot every once in a while. But um, it's it's funny that you bring up the uh, the calmness and, um, and 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 thinking that way because I actually um, I'm listening to a book right now called The Obstacle Is the Way and it's by Ryan Holiday and it's a lot of it is it about controlling yourself your feelings your emotions um, being calm and thinking clearly pretty much and it, it's amazing how much that applies to paintball and being in those situations like me i like being in uh down body situation i don't like being in down i feel comfortable even when we're in down body situations i'll put it that way um because i feel like already i'm at an advantage because i i, I could i could put myself in a, in a position where if it's like a two on four or two on three uh the other team probably thinks they have the advantage already, but I think we have the advantage because now I feel like I can predict what they're going to do more than what they think we're going to do, you know, because they got to move, they got to shoot us. So they got to get down the field because I'm not going to get shot out of my spot in a two on four. I will shoot you before that happens. But it's like they are on the offensive, right? And you're kind of on the defensive, but I feel like it's a, it's a give and go. I feel like I'm always on the, I feel like I'm always on the offensive in the fact that I, as long as I always have paint, air, and my lens is clean, I feel like I'm always on the offensive because I think, and I think everybody does because you can always make, not necessarily the move, but you can always make the shot that, that switches the field around or, or turns the point around. And I don't like it when... A lot of it now, like when fields become a lot bottled up and people sit and they become content and everything and how I've been preaching a lot of, um, you know, M4 pod and a loader kind of a thing where mm -hmm. I think the I think the European League, the Millennium going from unlimited paint all the way down to two, I think was way too extravagant. I think I think it it, it brought up that guys are going to shoot, but then they're not going to want to move rather quickly because they're out of paint already so they're not gonna they're not gonna want to move within a minute because all their paint's gone but if you can put four pods on somebody's back and everybody has four pods i think that is a great amount to have a good two two and a half minute games and if it goes any longer i feel like it's because of the field but we can always change the designs of the field and it, it's what the hell was my original point about this rant it was mainly about <laughs> being calm and like knowing yeah, what to yeah. do in situations. Um, but over the years, we've learned to do that, right? It's we've we've through experience, we've learned what to do in certain certain situations. But I feel like that time could literally be cut in half if paintball is situational. But if you can teach the young kids growing up in the game now to be calm and be confident and be able to think through a situation, I feel like. If I would have known that back then, I would be ten times the player I am today. And I, but I, I think the mental side can be taught so much younger, um, and and bring players up a lot quicker than than what it could have, you know, fifteen twenty years ago. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it's the game obviously is eighty percent mental, <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's all about it's all about the captain and the coach too. How he how he progresses, you know, getting better to his players you know if he's constantly screaming telling him he sucks it's it's never gonna work you know you always gotta have that driving force of always you know trying to compliment but trying to well, how did i say it when i was when i was the general manager at dish network i called it discipline without punishment <laughs> <laughs> which is which is weird but you know you gotta you know sit them down talk to them about what they're failing on and try and give them give them different ways to be better instead of just saying, Hey man, you suck. You got shot by this guy. Fix it. Yeah. It's, you know, we, in my opinion, you and myself and other people like Ryan Greenspan, you know, Oliver Lang, when he was playing, you know, we as people have to have to try and, you know, teach those, the younger kids or else we're not going to have <laughs> professional paintball in five years. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, um, exactly. 
I do yell sometimes, but I try not to at practice. You mm-hmm. know, just you know, I have a young kind of younger team, and um, I gotta find different ways of trying to get them better than just saying they suck. <laughs> well, I think I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that I have the answer because I'm one that is hugely at fault at at becoming overheated and yelling in the pit when it's on not yelling but getting very very frustrated and taking it out on others because I know that the guys on my team even though they're they're young um they know how to play I mean the potential is through the roof for these guys and, and I know they have the talent and I know they can do it and when I don't see it coming through it frustrates the shit out of me because it's another event in the fucking toilet right um but I think uh, it's so weird and it's probably sounds cheesy as shit but like listening to this book slash reading it, but mostly listening, um, has really kind of brought something to the table for me. And and it, you know, if you think about paintball, right? We have there's a definite kind of end game if you don't do your job, right? You get shot, like or you get somebody shot. Mm-hmm. And I think and I think thinking about it now, like me yelling about it or bitching and complaining or, or, or whatever I did in the pit completely ended with no kind of positive at all. And, and I think if if we can get across to the kids and the guys playing on the team that are younger, that you will know in this game, in this sport of paintball, you will know whether or not you're doing well because you're either still on the field when that game is going on or you're watching from the sidelines because you have a giant goggle hit. You know, mm-hmm. you will learn your mistakes really, really, really quickly. And I think that should, in the player themselves, that should be the motivator, right? If you're getting shot a shit ton, something is wrong. If I can if I can teach you as, as, as an experienced player, um, if I can teach you and show you a way in a positive manner, I'm going to do that. But it needs to, there needs to be a reality where you are getting better and growing with the team and getting better. Or you're just not going to cut it. I mean, people can talk the talk all they want, as we've seen people come and go through the sport. But unless you actually put the foot forward and take action, then you're going to be stagnant in this spot and not go anywhere. So that's what I want to see out of these younger kids, too, and, and guys on our, on, on our teams with younger players is seeing that progression, seeing that that step forward of wanting to be better, wanting to get better, and less and less complaining and bullshitting. And, and more just how it was when we first started playing paintball is wanting to do nothing but learn and play. Like that mm-hmm. is what I feel that we need and what we need to teach coming up. I agree with that. I just, Can't I don't say know. it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know what else to do too because I feel like I feel like paintball, and we've been ta- we've talked about this too. And I'm sure you've had the same conversation with people and we're trying to figure out how to grow the sport, right? Not only paintball itself, but bring attention to the professional side and the tournament side of the game. And because it's exciting, right? It's adrenaline rushed. It's everything that you want it to be as a player. And it's finding that is it is it just too fucking confusing for people to watch who've never played it before to actually follow like how do we bring that to the sport how do we get nike so involved that they want to start dumping millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars into the sport or into a team or into a player because they're going to sell product like what what is what is missing Corey, please tell me what the fuck is missing. <laughs> if I knew it was missing, I'd have my own league. <laughs> uh, you know, um, coming from showing people outside of paintball, the industry, it's everybody's got to change. You know, the, the people that actually run the booths, the people that play paintball. Uh, when I brought, I'm not going to say his name, but when I brought the person who works for a big substantial company in the paintball world cup two years ago the only thing he could say was everybody i've met are clowns and everybody bitches really and and he was right like everybody he met except for a couple people wouldn't give him the time of day because 
they didn't know who he was, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't. He didn't put himself as, "Hi, I'm, I'm the CEO of this company," because you know people would change, right? Right. So he, he he put himself as just a a Joe Smo, wanting to you know, you know learn about paintball, and he was basically, you know, get away from me. You've taken five minutes of my time. That's all it's going to be. It was it was an eye opener for me actually. Yeah. Watching watching some people do that because professional players or just anybody in the everybody. I I could name so many people, but wow. It I was disappointed, and I'm you know I'm part of it right. Like I I I told this dude, hey, this is what I do. You need to do it. You'll love it. And he's like, dude, that was dumb. (laughs) I've never met so many arrogant. You know, full of themselves people that just don't even want to. He basically said, "Don't even want to grow." And at some point, he's right. We need to, you know, like maybe give a free webcast for half a year to people mm-hmm. so they can watch it. You know, when ESPN was on, when when Payball was on ESPN, it didn't get a lot of, you know, a lot of a lot of votes because it was seven man. It was slow. You know what yeah. I mean? They they were going to time. You know, we I honestly don't know what the answer is. Maybe faster field layouts, M four hundred, like you said, or M eight hundred, four pods and let it rip. Yeah, but something's got to change for people like Nike, Reebok, Under Armour. You know, people to come in and actually say, "Hey, I want to, I want to put my logo on every bunker out here." Yeah, you know. But until the higher up people in the industry, and I mean everybody, can get on the same page, we won't. We will we'll, we'll always be stagnant in this in this industry in my opinion yeah it trickles down i think we've had the opportunities too i I think the opportunities have been there i mean paintball itself i don't think is going i mean i i I don't think is going away anytime soon i mean paintball is it's a game where too many people love it's not fucking cup stacking right it's it's it is a sport that is very prominent in the extreme sports side of things but it isn't it hasn't caught the attention of of, of not necessarily the the right people yet but i think we're so in the sport itself i feel like we're so egotistical and so entitled to our own everything that i don't know if we can open up our doors or at, we're at, we're at the state of opening up the doors to outside sponsors i mean we kind of are but it's not like the league is sponsored it's it's individual teams that are kind of halfway sponsored by these companies yeah it's it's rough i mean in my opinion you know if if the higher up people you know do conference calls with us little folk and we say what needs to change and they say they're going to change it and then all of a sudden two months later it's totally opposite and they don't want to listen at what point do you say fuck it i'm just going to keep playing until the sport dies or until somebody else takes it over well, how much power do you think the, uh, the the players and the team owners have in the sport? Well, I mean, they, everybody has a little bit of power, right? You know, everybody's got a voice, but it's all about everybody. They got to listen. You know, you could you could make a petition of nine thousand people, or say, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy out the NXL, or I'm gonna buy out whatever league, and try and make it better. But then you're just the next you're the next dummy that's not going to listen to anybody because you have your own view. Mm-hmm. Um, we know we just, it's tough, man. I could, I could go on and on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's uh, beat a dead horse at this point, but it's, um, how did Seattle thunder come about? Well, um, when the night dogs went under in 2009 ish, I think it was 2009 when, when, you know, the night dogs went bankrupt because, uh, smart parts went bankrupt and paintball so, is expensive it was expensive yes but you know like Rocky Rocky worked for smart parts at the time oh. and he was putting he was putting all the money on his credit cards and smart parts was paying him back right but then smart parts went under and he had $90,000 in debt or whatever it was oh jeez so he's like I can't I can't play anymore the Naughty Dogs are done mm-hmm. and he wasn't gonna obviously sell the he wasn't gonna sell the team or anything like that, which I totally understand. That's his baby, and it's it's 
it's up to him if he wants to do it or not. But I was I was actually done with paintball. At that point? <laughs> yep. I was like, okay, I can retire. I'm the, you know, I'm I was a manager at Dish Network at that time, and I was just like, okay, I'll just work on my career. And then one of my really good friends, who is from Canada, his name's Jeff Roth. It's like, hey man, we should we should continue playing we should continue playing paintball. I was like, how how so? Yeah. And he's like, well, I can. I'm pretty sure we can we can fund the we can fund the team, but I need you to be the captain of it just because you've played paintball forever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm not gonna do it. Thank you, anyways. And then, like two days later, my wife's like, "Why are you so cranky?" Like, <laughs> I don't know. What is there something different? And she she told me she goes, "You haven't played paintball in forever. That's why you're fucking angry. So you need to go back to play." She paintball. knows you. Yeah, I was like, "Yeah, maybe you're right." So I called up Jeff again. I was like, "All right, dude. I'll give you one year, and we can we can go from there." And then, and then we just started. You know, I started calling people. I called Mikey. What Matt, year is this? Uh, two thousand to two thousand ten. Yeah. Started two thousand ten. I think it was two thousand ten. Whenever he had the, the terrible Galveston storm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was two thousand ten. So I called up people who used to play with the Naughty Dogs. Some of them said yes. Some of them said no. And then, I grabbed the remainder of the people from a local team, that I knew that. Most of them had the potential to go pro, mm-hmm. and they were Division Four at the time. <laughs> they were called Notorious, and another team called Shameless, that uh, were disbanding. So I kind of grabbed ten guys together, and we just started playing paintball, and that's how Seattle Thunder came about. Nice. Now, uh, yeah, because I remember you guys fighting through the ranks. Um, I came back in 2013, mid 2013. And then fourteen, and we kind of got picked. We were kind of picking up, but I remember you guys coming up and and playing, and it was great seeing all you guys again. I'm all the old Naughty Dogs guys, or some of the old Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog guys, and some new guys, and seeing you again playing and everything. And um, I mean, what's the uh, what's the future like of Seattle Thunder? You know, I take it year by year, right? You know, it depends how my guys feel. You know, mm-hmm. if all my guys say, you know what, I'm not having fun anymore. I'm done. I'm probably not going to rebuild. <laughs> yeah. Because that's nine more people I have to rebuild again. And it took a long time just to kind of be competitive in, in professional paintball. Mm-hmm. I mean, our first tournament, we actually made Sunday in Galveston. But it was it was by luck. I mean, yeah. X, X Factor ran down the field on us just trying to split skulls. And ended up I ended up shooting a few of them and, and winning those points you know any other tournament probably x factor would have smoked the shit out of us but <laughs> it was just one of those things where they shot a lot of us off the break and they just ran down the field and forgot about me yeah basically motherfuckers <laughs> but, yeah i'm still here <laughs> <laughs> uh but um there there were some you know hard tournaments mm-hmm. in between there obviously sometimes going zero wins four losses so yeah but i'm still having fun and of course, this this area of paintball is has is starting to grow again, yeah. like the old the old days. I mean, obviously we haven't we haven't we haven't been anywhere near you know the eighty teams we used to have in local tournaments, but mm-hmm. um, it's growing. But I just like growing the sport of paintball, and if if there are kids willing to learn paintball in this region, I'm going to continue with Seattle Thunder. You know, we have youth programs here at our paintball field that we, we bring kids up and show them paintball. Yeah. Uh, we have, you know, Audrey, who is actually the team owner of Seattle Thunder and the owner of our paintball field. She brings kids who haven't had a good childhood, who are still on probation, and she has them work for them just so they kind of yeah. get a feel of paintball and kind of gets That's them cool. away from, from the area that they used to be and live in. Right. So there's more than just paintball with Seattle Thunder. You know, we bring kids together. We do a lot of youth stuff. We do a lot of uh, charity events every year. So Yeah, so you guys are really involved with community uh, community events and everything. Audrey has basically forced us to, but we've, <laughs> we've actually imp- 
you know, Audrey's an ex-deputy sheriff, so she's all uh, she's community based. Yeah, yeah. In her mind, and at first we hated the idea, and then she's like, "It's not, it's not up to you. You guys have to give something back every year." Right. And so you know, we do we do the local ten man events here in the winter time where it's nice and muddy. Yeah. And you know, we give all, we give all the money to like the boys and girls club, or That's cool. you know, we do toy, toys for tots and stuff like that. So. You know, we're a professional team. You should give back to the community at some point every every year, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, it also and brings awareness to the cause. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it brings awareness to the cause of growing uh, growing the sport and everything. And that's that's really cool. That's why I was curious because, you know, we're in the same boat. Um, you know, I don't know the definite answer if we don't make the cut to pro this year. Well, I kind of do. Rennick wants to cut all of our heads off and display them in the Badlands driveway. But that's what I want to do my guys so. <laughs> yeah I, I just don't um, you know I don't know what it is this year too because there's been I it, both of our teams are kind of on the lower end of everything but I feel like we didn't really have it wasn't that crazy of a season honestly if you take five points at least for us and I've seen multiple games of you guys your guys as well if you take five points of ours this year and flip it over in our favor we're playing in Sunday on three events or something like that we're at least in the top eight like losing those overtime points like uh, you know I, I don't think we're having a terrible season with where we're at it's just you know hunkering down on the points that really matter or the games that really matter and just fighting through and living up to our potential yeah it's I think you guys have, I mean Aftershock has played way better than us this whole year I mean like you said you yeah, going back to like Atlantic City with those close games of you guys where you guys should have made it. I think there's only been one tournament for us where we we should have made it, and it was mm. the last event when we beat Legion, and then we just basically shit on ourselves the rest of the time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, but it goes to show been, what you guys can do. I mean, I mean, two years ago we were, we beat Legion three times in a year, mm-hmm. or three years ago. I mean, it's. You know, we we can do it. It's just like you said, everybody engaging at the same time. <laughs> yeah. For the for the same cause and you know executing game plans and and all that stuff. It, it goes hand in hand. When one guy decides he's not going to do the game plan, he fucks everybody up. <laughs> yeah, and, and it does happen so. because now now his job that he's not doing has to be taken over by somebody else, and now that person has two jobs because that guy's not doing his job and. And it just comes down to discipline and experience and, you know, beating it into your guys' heads with repetitive drills or whatever. Yeah, I think uh, the better – the the easier my guys get in their – at least for my guys, the easier it gets in their head that they're, they're expendable. Like they can go do what they want to do, and if they die, they die. Mm-hmm. But they get in those couple key kills and – Knowing their guys behind them will follow them up and do the rest. It it's it's having trust in your guys at, and your team. At some point, it's going to click with my guys. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you know, sitting in the, sitting back in the Dorito one, thinking, "Oh, my body, my body's, you know, I need to stay alive instead of trying to go up the field and get kills." Doesn't do any good at all. Yeah, it bottlenecks everybody because, you know, my job is to. Is to you think I like sitting in the back of the home bunker? <laughs> I hate it. But when everybody around me is not moving, where where am I gonna go? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's it's a trifecta. You know, one guy doesn't move, the other guy gets fucked. That's yeah. why you see me at the wall a couple times in Chicago because that was the only place to go mm-hmm. up to the wall. <laughs> yeah, well, it's such it's so. such a catch twenty two because you know obviously you want to be alive, you don't want to get shot, but at the same time, without taking a risk, you're gonna do nothing but be alive in your primary spot. You have to take those risks. You have to take that those those opportunities and chances. High risk, high reward, man. It's like scared money doesn't make money. It's there the same go. situation, right? Boom. 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 Well, man, I, I think we can uh I think we can end on that. I I really appreciate you sitting down with me and talking to me a little bit about your history and uh about Seattle Thunder and the direction and uh it's really good talking to you. You're one of the nicest dudes I know at the paintball field, that's for sure. And you just I need to start being mean. You you should. You, I don't know. That beard is pretty intimidating. Yeah, I'm trying to grow this beard out to be intimidating. 
But your eyes, dude, you, you just have you have kind eyes. That's what my wife says. You've been talking to my wife. <laughs> See? I knew it. She's not going to cup now. Done. <laughs> Canceling the ticket. Uh, well, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. And um, I hope you guys have a great practice this weekend. And um, I really would love to see you guys show up at cup and uh, start uh, putting it on some fools. Well, you'll see us Thursday because we're practicing you guys. <laughs> I won't be there because I, I can't ever make Thursdays because of my work uh, schedule. You're cut. I've... Dude, you know how many times I've been cut this year? So many. Every event I get cut. One more time. (laughs) (laughs) I I appreciate you having me, Carl. It's always nice to talk. Help help, uh, people know what Seattle Thunder is all about. And so you know everybody in the sport. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you and see you very soon. Yes, sir. Talk to you later, buddy. Take care, man. All right. See ya. Thank you so much, Corey, for sitting down and having a uh, very cool conversation with me. Uh, I really had a great time, and it was great hearing your background. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Another big thank you to our sponsors, Dr. Paintball, where you can go over there and find all kinds of cool used gear, new gear. You can finance all of that at drpaintball.com. And to GI Sports, the provider of the best paint on the planet, the uh, Pro Circuit 5-star, but they have paint from 5-star to 1-star to field paint, so uh, make sure you check them out, gisports.com. Also, Charm City Paintball, the makers of the headgear and the pack bands that I will have at World Cup, and he will also be there in a nice fancy booth. So thank you to Charm City, and last but not least, to Planet Eclipse, the LVR, CS 1.5. The uh, the E-Tech, the, uh, the G-Mech that's coming out. That's pretty slick. So you can find all of that at planeteclipse.com. Thank you again, everybody, for listening. Very much appreciated. And um, I am now on, well, the podcast is now uh, on Stitcher. Um, and all of, let's see, there, there's Stitcher. There is, I'm trying to think of all the other ones. Um overcast or it's on all platforms now it's on the google play music um so check it out and also soundcloud and itunes so i am spreading it throughout the podcast platform and i'm also on the social medias like instagram carl markowski and the playing on podcast and facebook at carl microwave markowski and the playing on podcast thank you everyone again for joining me And uh, we will see you again soon here on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.